All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to everyone. Is it recording? We're grateful to everyone that's here today. And uh, we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord has laid on my heart to share. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the 11th chapter of the book of Matthew. to start reading at verse 15. It says, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So, you know, there were a few times where the Lord said this in the Gospels. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. That means that everybody did not have uh, ears to hear what the Lord was saying. And it's still that way today where everybody don't have ears to hear. And uh, that don't mean that your, that your natural ears don't hear. That means that uh, the word that you're hearing does not get down to your spirit man. Somewhere there's going to be doubt. Uh, I'm a living witness that whenever we, if we receive the word of God into our hearts, it will change our lives. It changes our behavior. When we believe what God says in his word, it changes our behavior. And the only reason uh, our behavior does not change is if we don't believe the word of God. Does everybody understand that? says, but whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows. Everybody see that? We'll get back to that. It says, and saying, we have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he hath a devil. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man, gluttonous and a wine-bibber, in other words, a drunkard, a friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified of her children. Let's go back to verse 16. It says, But whereunto shall I liken this generation? This generation. He said, what do I think about this generation? What exactly, when I look at this generation that I'm preaching in right now, he says, what do, I, what do they remind me of? Does everybody understand that? And look at what he says. It is like, in other words, this generation is like unto children. Isn't that something? What are they doing? Sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows just bored, ain't got nothing else to do. Everybody see that? Go and keep reading. And saying, we have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. This is talking about people who will never be satisfied 
with how the word of God is delivered. Does everybody understand that? In other words, you got one preacher, he comes, he don't cut corners. He, it, it's just in your face with what he's preaching. And uh, uh, you can't stand that kind of preacher. And then God sends somebody completely different, more soft-spoken like you like. Uh, it, it just everything that you like, except you still don't like it because it's still the word of God. The idea is this, you got a problem with the word of God. Not the preacher, not the delivery. Does everybody understand that? It's not the preacher. It's not the delivery. It's not the lifestyle of the preacher. Your issue is the word of God. In other words, when people don't want to obey the word, they'll find a way not to obey it. Does everybody understand that? And that's what he, that's so look at what he says there. Verse 19, the son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous. So he's talking about John the Baptist ministry versus himself and how they carried themselves out in public. John the Baptist was a, was a sanctified man. He was separated from people. Whenever he, whenever he, uh, he was not a socialite. The Lord was very social. You don't read about John the Baptist eating in people's homes and doing all of that. He, he had a strict diet, and he found that diet in the desert. Does everybody understand that? So he was a strict man, and he was off to himself. He, he went out and preached and prophesied and did whatever the Lord told him to do, and then he went on right on back out into the wilderness, it just, just off to himself. So nobody could say anything about him, but they said, well, you know, you crazy. You have a devil. Now, what was John the Baptist, what was his clothing? Camel's hair. And, he, and all he wore was around, basically, it was around his midsection. It wasn't nothing up here, wasn't nothing down, no leggings or anything like that. It was just camel's hair around his midsection. Now, when he went into town preaching, the people thought that was odd. But they didn't consider where he was coming from. He was coming from a place that was hotter than where they were. Does everybody understand that? And so here comes Jesus Christ. When he comes, he's dressed in a full garment. And the people still have an issue with everything about him. Does everybody understand? So you see these two extremes, these two different preachers, the way they carried themselves. How they behaved among people. John the Baptist was not eating in people's house. He was not drinking around people, wasn't doing any of that. And then here comes Jesus Christ, a socialite. There were times when he separated himself, but a lot of times he was right there among the people who he was preaching to and all of that. And, and you know, people, these people loved him and they were pulling him into their homes. And so what the Lord is showing is, is that no matter what God sends you, no matter what God sends people, if they have an issue with the word, they're going to find a problem with the messenger of that word. Does everybody understand that? All right, verse 20. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in slack, sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. 
and thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Isn't that something there? And he's gone on to explain how dangerous it is. The Lord didn't send anybody to preach in Sodom and Gomorrah. He just destroyed them. Does everybody understand that? Tyre and Sidon, the same thing. I'm going to just destroy you. You're wicked. You got some sense about righteousness that you're not following. So they didn't have any prophet among them doing any mighty works. And he's saying if, if, if there was a prophet sent to them people doing mighty works, they would have repented. They'd still be here today. Does everybody see that? Now let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Now that's, that's a major thing there. Why didn't these cities, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum, why didn't they repent after the mighty works had been done in those cities? It was because it was hid from them. Even all the mighty works that the Lord did among them, that it, it, it never got in their hearts. It was hid from them. Why? Because they were wise and prudent. In other words, they already knew everything. Does everybody understand that? What he says there, verse 26, Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Does everybody understand that? So you see this, this relationship here that he's talking about. Look at what it says. Nobody knows the Father but the Son. Everybody see that? And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. And so, in other words, it takes Jesus Christ to reveal God the Father to you. No man, no man can come to the Father but by him. Does everybody understand that? All right, so now let's get to the, to the root of what we're talking about tonight. Verse 28. So we went over all these things. What we see in the first part, first half of this chapter, what we see is a people doing things and, and basically trying to figure out their own religion. So we see in the first part what we read, how he said what he likened this generation unto. It's like children. And oftentimes that's the way uh, people uh, come across to the Lord. It's just like a child. You know, you could... You can instruct a child and tell them, no, if you do it this way, it'll work out better. It won't, it won't be as much work to you if you do it this way. You know, I, you know, our sons, when they work around the house and things like that, we bought a wheelbarrow. And I had to basically tell them what the wheelbarrow was for. You don't have to tote something across these five acres. It, it, we bought a wheelbarrow for that. And so whenever they get a chance, that's what they're using. You don't have to break your backs, you see. And so, but 
what the Lord is saying here is that this generation is like a bunch of children, basically that don't want to listen. You got adults telling them how to behave and what to do to, to make their life easier. Listen, I've gone through this. Now, this is what the adults say. I've gone through this. You don't have to go through this. If you, if you date this man, if you date this woman, this is what you're going to go through. I've seen it. I've done it. I already, you know, all of that. If you do it this way, it will work. If you don't do it this way, ain't nothing down that road but heartache and heartbreak and bitterness. But children say, no, no. I, mean, I, I, got to, I got to learn myself. You made mistakes, so let me make my own mistakes. That's all fine and dandy until you're 40 years old and 50 years old, bitter, divorced, angry, and nobody to take it out on. Does everybody see that? So, so he said that this, so that, that generation is like children. They're going to they're gonna have a whole life full of mistakes and, and that they could have avoided had they just listened. Everybody see that? And then he goes on to talking about how these same people, they grow up and they, they don't repent. No matter what God, because of these mistakes that they've gotten into and because of these things, you know the more you sin, the more hardened your heart becomes? When you reject just everyday wisdom that somebody is trying to share with you, you know, over, over time, your heart becomes hardened and, and you no longer see the need to repent. Because your way is the Bible. Your way is your Bible. And so you become hardened in sin. Now, that's, that's the nature of it. it. It will harden you. The longer you stay in it, the more hardened you become. And somebody can be delivered. Somebody can be set free. It, it won't mean anything to you because you hardened. Does everybody understand that? And that's the way. And, and what it is, is life make you that way. Life makes you that way. When you refuse to remain, to be a little child and be steerable and pliable and teachable, Life will teach you, but the problem is life will harden you before it's done teaching you. And then even then, you refuse in the lesson that it's trying to teach you because you're determined you're going to be one up on life. <laughs> and so the Lord, in his grace and mercy, he sits back and he watches these things. He watches the mistakes that people make. He watches people go around the same will over and over again. They're going around the same cycle over and over and over, just generation after generation, the same exact thing. The same thing that grandma was doing out there, doing whatever, sleeping around and, and all of that. The same thing grandma was doing, granddaughter's doing. And the problem is, even now today, grandma ain't telling granddaughter, you shouldn't, don't do that. Grandma is living vicariously through the granddaughter. Yeah, I remember when I, I, I used to have a figure like that, and I could wear tight clothes. <laughs> it's a sad day to live in. Sad day to live in, see? When grandma don't know how to be Grandma. I, I wish I would have saw my grandma in some shorts. That wasn't a, that wasn't a thing in my day. <laughs> it wasn't no shorts. Grandma, you go get dressed. 
We'll come in. We'll come in when you when you look decent. <laughs> so we see this world, and that's the whole world. The whole world is going through the same cycle, over and over again. Same. Nobody's. But the problem is nobody's learning the lesson. Everybody's just trying to figure out a different way to do it. Everybody's trying to figure out a different way to defeat life. Everybody's trying to figure out how to live an abundant life without Jesus Christ. And if I know Jesus Christ, I know this, he'll frustrate that. He will not allow you to live an abundant life outside of him. But the whole world is trying. And here's the, here's the problem. Very few are living to be 100 years old now. Very few. And that's all the time the devil needs to, to, to fulfill your life with you trying. Does everybody understand that? He, he got 100 years of ideas for you to try. You see the problem there? And it's very rare that anybody even get to the end of their life and say, you know what, God, I've tried it all. Let me try you now. And so sometimes what God has to do is he have to really sucker punch people, allow the enemy to really sucker punch them to get their attention. Like, this is the issue. You've been trying to do it your way this whole time. And it ain't never worked out. And, you know, I'm telling you, the devil is full of ideas. He's full of ideas. You can live a thousand years. He'll never run out of ideas of, of giving you things to do, everything except living for the Lord. But you know, this relationship didn't work out for this reason. So try this. You know, you know how silly that is? I've even seen, I've even seen people uh, say and heard them say, well, you know what? I'm not dating black men anymore. I'm not dating black women anymore. I'm, I'm going all the way to, as if you've dated every black person there is. So that's the fix. I'm going to just date outside my race. I'm going to just date a, a different nation nationality. Yeah, that'll fix it. <laughs> Except it don't. People are people. They're going to do everything but what this word says. Be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers. <laughs> the unbeliever is your problem. Not the skin color. Not the gender. Does everybody understand that? And an unbeliever starts with you. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? So I'm trying to show you this extreme that people go through. They're going to do everything. They're going to try everything. I, I'll just, I won't date my race anymore. I'm, I'm going to date somebody else's race. I'm gonna do, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just showing you. You have to, at some point, come to the end of yourself and realize your way is not the way. Everything that you've been trying is already frustrated. Does everybody understand that? And so what do we do? How do we fix it? Let's read verse 28 now. Look at what he says. When you get done fixing all your problems, or, or, or trying to anyway, when you get done doing everything except what God have told you to do, when life, when you get tired of life whooping on you. Now, here's the thing about the devil. Let's, let's read. Let's read what, what the Lord's answer is. And this is the conclusion of all of it. Look at what he says. Come unto me. Everybody see that? 
Isn't there something there? You see what he told you to do? You come unto him. Now you notice the Lord ain't running. He didn't say I'll come to you. You know the reason, you know why the Lord don't chase people down? Because he need to make sure that you're done. He need to make sure that you're tired. That, that you've got enough of the devil whooping on you. You need to cut. You don't need to have one more bright idea. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so when you get done with all your bright ideas and all this stuff that the, that the enemy is presenting to you, because at, at some point you got to catch on. You have to say, nothing that I'm doing is working. It can't. So in other words, you can't have pride there. You have to say, you have to be able to say, you know what? I know I can come up with a million other things I can try, but you know what? So far, these last 30 years, it hadn't been working. I'm out of my league when it comes to life. So, so when you get done with all of that, you know who the Lord is? He's the husband at home waiting on his whorish wife to finish cheating with everybody. That's what the book of Hosea is about. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, he, he's the husband at home. And when you get done getting all these diseases that these guys are going to give you, I'll be home here with some ointment to heal you. Does everybody understand that? Look at what he says. Come unto me, all ye that what? Labor. All ye that labor. Does everybody understand that? And are what? Heavy laden. Now, <laughs> he's leaving it up to the individual to know you are laboring. And you are heavy laden. He's not going to tell you, you know, you're burdened. That's a conclusion you're going to have to come to yourself. That you are heavy laden. Not only are you laboring, but you are heavy laden. Does everybody understand that? So he said, let's read that again. Come unto me. Everybody see that? You know you have to cry out to the Lord. You, you have to come to him. And, you, there's a, and he's telling you why to come to him. Why would you come to him? Because you're laboring. In other words, your life is harder for you than it seems like anybody else. It takes extra work for you to just, just to live. Now, how many of you have ever been in a house, maybe you were in your bedroom sleeping, you didn't have windows open, you were maybe sleeping all day or all night or whatever, and when you wake up, you can tell it's not that much, much oxygen in the room. How can you tell? Do you have a monitor up there somewhere showing you that there's not a lot of oxygen? I'll tell you how you can tell. Because your body is laboring. Your body is struggling to find the oxygen in the air somewhere. Because you know you breathe in oxygen and you breathe out what? 
carbon dioxide. Does everybody understand that? So it's something, so you know there's a trade-off, and you need something to refresh you. You need some more oxygen. Does everybody understand that? So let's look at that, what that says. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. In other words, you have to come to the conclusion that your life is harder than what it is intended to be. You have to come to the conclusion that there's a struggle on your end. What's coming natural to other people is not coming natural to you. And look at what he says. Come unto me then. Don't go another week thinking, I'm going to figure it out. I, I, I think I got it. I hadn't tried this yet. Does everybody understand that? You know, wouldn't it be foolish? Now, in, this, in these few scriptures here, we see the love of God. Wouldn't it be foolish <laughs> for you to be carrying a 100-pound weight on your back? It, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Most of us men, we can lift 100 pounds and carry it on our shoulders. And for the first, and, 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 and we start walking. You might be good for the first half mile. But I don't care how strong you are. Over time, you're going to start feeling those 100 pounds. It's the same way with leg weights. Them little 20-pound, 15-pound leg weights. Same thing. You put them on, oh, this ain't bad. You're walking around chipper and happy. But over time, you begin to feel the weight. Does everybody understand that? So a lot of people, they start off doing things and, they, and, and they, everything is flowing in their minds the way it's supposed to. This ain't so bad. But over time, you begin to feel the weight of what you're in. Now, wouldn't it be foolish if I'm under 100 pounds and I, and I know not, you know, if I know that there's somebody on side of me to help me, I ain't got to wait until I get, I done walked three quarters of a mile. If, he's, if somebody's there to help me, I'll take the help now. You know, by the time people actually surrender to the Lord, they're no good for God. I'm going to say that again. By the time people surrender to the Lord, they're no good for him because now they're bitter. They're angry. And God's got to spend their last 20 years uprooting all of this junk that they done picked up behind them being hard-headed. Does everybody understand that? And from the beginning of our understanding of these scriptures, we, we know, you know what, Lord? I ain't got to, I don't have to walk a mile and get tired. You, you said in your word, come unto you. I ain't got to wait until I'm heavy laden to do it. I can come unto you before life get bad. I can come unto you before I get bitter and you have to heal me of malice and anger. I can come unto you now. Does everybody understand that? Look at what he says. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And what? I will give you what? Rest. Rest. Everybody see that? Now, I don't know about you, but that's a good deal. That's a good deal. I give you rest. You know what that means? You're not resting if you hadn't come to him. There's no, listen, 
I don't care how happy people try to make their lives look. I don't care what they posted on social media. If they don't have Jesus Christ, they are not living in peace. I don't care how good they try to make their look, life look. If, they don't, if they're living without Jesus Christ, they have no peace. Does everybody understand that? So I, I want you to see verse 29. Let's read that. It says, take my yoke upon you. Everybody see that? So the first thing you do is come unto him. Then after you come to him, you have to take, in other words, you have to put his yoke around on your neck. Does everybody understand that? You know, I, I preached that message years ago. God's word is his yoke. God's word is his yoke. Take my yoke upon you. So he's telling you up front, I, you know, I, listen, there's a trade that takes place. Does everybody understand that? There's a, there's a trade-off that takes place. What, listen, what you're carrying is a whole lot heavier before you come to me. What you're carrying is heavier. I'm telling you, if you come to me, I'm going to put, you're going to put my yoke upon you. Listen, but what, what does he say? And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find what? Rest. Unto who? Unto who now? Verse 30. For my yoke is what? And my burden is what? Sin's yoke is a whole lot heavier because there is a price to be paid for it. Does everybody understand that? So there is a trade-off. You can continue to carry your yoke of sin and what you want to do, or you can do what verse 29 says, take his yoke upon you and learn of him for what? Now, and he's telling you, why? For he is meek and lowly in heart. Does everybody see that? You know what the word meek means? I'm steerable. You see what he's saying about himself? I, I can be told something. Now, this is where the yoke of sin comes in that. Sin enters into, into people's life when they refuse correction, when they refuse wise counsel. Does everybody understand that? So he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. In other words, pay attention to how I do things. Does everybody understand that? He says, for I am meek. In other words, I'm into, this is what he wants you to take on. Be meek enough for somebody to be able to tell you something. And then look what he says. And lowly in heart. In other words, be humble enough to know that you don't know everything. Does everybody understand that? And then, and then he says, and then ye shall find rest unto your souls. Everybody see that? You know what rest is? When you ain't got to figure everything out. It's got people that's, you know, it's got people that's living something that's been passed down, them, passed down to them for hundreds of generations. And I'm talking about this word. You don't have to go, God had already figured life out. What, what do you look like coming and trying to break the mold that God set? He's already told you, this is the way it's going to be. This is how this is going to end up. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. So you know what he says to us. For those of you that's trying to figure life out, you ain't got to. 
Jesus Christ is our life. You can come to him and, and relieve yourself of that heavy burden. You can relieve yourself of that. Does everybody understand that? Look at what it says, verse, look at what it says, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are what? Heavy what? Laden. You know what that means? That word laden means somebody that laid something on your back. means you're carrying a load that's heavier than what you're supposed to be carrying. That's the reason why a lot of times when the Lord delivers people, one of the first things they say is, I feel light. That's one of the first things they notice. I feel light. You know why? Because whatever sin it is you're carrying, it is literally a load on you. And that's not God's will for you to be that way. If you have enough sense to know that God exists, and you have enough sense to know that he has something to do with giving you life, the longer you stay in this heavy burden and heavy laden uh, mindset and life, the, the more bitter you become against God because you'll start thinking like the world thinks, this was the hand that was dealt to me. Does everybody understand that? God says you ain't got to play the hand that was dealt to you. <laughs> you can give him your hand. Because he done already played it. Does everybody understand that? No, you ain't got to play the hand. Some folks think, well, if I, if I wish I was just, if I was just born to another family and more stable family and a more loving family, I think I'd have been a better person. And the Lord says, you know, you could join my family. You get a whole nother family. I'll give you new mamas and daddies. I give you new sisters and brothers. Does everybody understand that? There's this trade-off. But see, the problem that people have is they want to give the Lord some of their burden, the stuff that's done got on their nerves. And what happens is, since they halfway playing with God and just want to give him some of the stuff, they're still making pit stops along the way, picking that stuff right back up. And you got to give God all of your junk. All of it. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and that's my, that's my question to you is, are you tired yet? Do you know you, you know, and that's the thing about it, you know, people get used to weight. They get used to burden, that's the sad part. And they forgot what it was like not to be so burdened down. And it becomes the norm to them. But at some point, you have to get tired. And the Lord understands that. That at some, you know, some people, they don't got used to the burden. Their hectic life is the norm and this is just the way it is. And so then the Lord gives us another clue. 
your back is hurting. Your legs are hurting. You've gotten used to the, to burden, to the burden of your disobedience, of, of your sin, but look at what it's doing to your children. Does everybody understand that? I don't, I don't know if there's any better deal than this. And this is an invitation to the whole world. That he's willing to trade your burden. He, he's willing to, willing to take everything that's been laid on your back. He's willing to take it from you. If you would just come to him. And, and listen, and learn of him. And learn of him. Learn his ways, how, how he is, the way he sees things. Why? So that you don't pick that junk right back up. And I'll tell you, one of the hardest things I have found, you know, being in the ministry for almost three decades, is by the time people come to the Lord for real, they some hurt puppies. And it's almost like the first thing you have to, they done been out there doing everything and done been hurt by everybody and done tried everything. And by the time they come to God, they're full of anger and full of bitterness. And you have to convince them, God's not going to hurt you. He really do love you. You know, <laughs> that's a hard trick to pull off. Especially, you know, when, when the Lord preaches in the manner that he does. Straighten up. It's hard to convince people that God don't have it out for them. When they don't, when they don't went out in the world and then let the devil pick on them all this time. And no matter how, I could stand up here for days and try to tell you all the benefits that come with coming unto the Lord and giving him your burden and letting him give you rest. I can stand up here for days telling you how sweet it is to live for him, to not have any worries, to not be anxious, to know even when a problem does come up, I can go to God's word, and that's, that's my end, that's the end of it for me. But you know, it's one of those things you have to try it for yourself. You don't live in my shoes. You don't live my life. I, you, you just have to take my word for it for me. For me. I did it. I came to him when I was burdened and heavy laden. When I was tired of living life. And it, it didn't take me being 50 and 60 years old to get to that point. To me, you ain't got to try everything in life. Just look, just pick one little small area of your life where you didn't have control. That ought to be enough to teach you, you ain't got control. You pick the biggest area, if you could just change it with your own might. If you could just change that one area with your own might. Look at how many years you've been trying to change it and it hasn't changed yet. Look at all the stuff you done tried, all the things you've done, and it still ain't working out. Now, that can make you bitter, or either it can make you see the love of God. 
Because God has a way of helping people to come to the end of themselves. Does everybody understand that? God, in this life, we are, we're born and shaped in sin. And in this life, we're told when we first hear preaching, that road that you're on is a dead end. You see the street sign, it, it's a dead end. But you know, the, here's the problem. That road is 100, 100 years long. As, and as you're walking down this road, you see preachers yelling out to you, it's a dead end that way. Don't, don't continue to go down that road. It's a dead end. People that, when they get to the end of the road, they don't come back. If they got to go all the way to the end of that road before they believe it, they don't come back. And unfortunately, they can't come from hell to let you know it's a dead end. See, I, I should have listened to all these preachers that were along this road that God had set there. But again, the, the deception is the road is a hundred years long. However long your life is, that's how long this road is. At some point, you have to believe one of the preachers that the Lord have set on the sidewalk. You have to give up this mindset. I believe it's a dead end when I come to the end of this road. The only problem is, <laughs> when you come to the end of the road, it's too late. Hell drops off there. Does everybody understand that? And the further you go down the road, the worse conditions, your conditions get. There's no peace there. You always got all kind of people going down the road. They happy. They in their minds. They singing. They clubbing. They, you know, they trying to show you that this life is fun. Don't believe what the preachers are saying. This is a fun life. This is this is the the good life. Except it's not. Except it's not. But if you will pay attention while you're on the road, you'll see that those weights are getting heavier on your neck. You'll see that you're getting burnt out. You'll see that it's not fun like it used to be in your mind. You'll see, I'm just doing the same stuff with the same people, and ain't nobody changing. How many of you ever come to that conclusion? You go to your hometown, you see the same people doing the same thing, and nobody just, it's just the same stuff. And then you pass by graveyards, and you think, just about everybody in the graveyard was doing what I was doing, and look where they ended up. Did, did they make it? Did they, did they have to go all the way to the end of the road, or did they, did they listen to somebody's preaching and come off of that road? Because that's where we all going, if the law tarries. Isn't that something now? At some point, we have to hear what God is saying. It is a dead end. There's nothing there but eternal death and damnation. No matter how much fun you like to convince yourself you're having now, does everybody understand that? 
just think about your grandmother, your great-grandparents. Look at how settled they are now. They, they ain't causing no trouble. They ain't out in the streets shooting nobody. Most of them ain't out running around chasing after women or men or whatever the case is. They settled. They, 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 they want to live out their last few days in peace. I don't want no trouble. I, they, they don't feel, most of your grandparents don't feel the need to be out and about all over the place. I don't want to run the streets. I want to be at home. I want to be settled. You know what the wise thing is to do? Pay attention to them. As much as they know how in this life, they're enjoying their peace now. What made them come to that conclusion? Life. Because everybody understand that. Then you can ask them, so at what point? How long did it take them to come to that conclusion? In other words, you don't have to wait until you get to the end of your life to have some peace. You don't have to wait until you get to the end of your life to figure out, you know what? I should have served God a long time ago. I wish I'd been missing out. Does everybody understand that? That's not God's will. Come to the Lord while you're young and you can be used by him. Before you get bitter, most of you are young. You ain't you ain't been through nothing yet. You you ain't you ain't been through nothing yet. Or you can say, "Well, oh, brother Bowen, I've done this." But wait until you turn eighty. Wait until you turn sixty. Does everybody understand that? And these old people that we see that's just settled and relaxing and just, just enjoying one another's company, if they, if they have a, a spouse, they done already come to that conclusion. You know what? When you get done with your clubbing and all that fun and all that, this, this is what life is really about. Enjoying God. They understand what counts. Most of your, your old grandmothers and grandparents, they get up early in the morning and sit on their porch, drink coffee. You know why? They want to listen at the birds sing to God. But see, when you're 20, 30, 40, you ain't paying attention. You don't, you ain't, that, that's just noise. I wish they shut up so I can go to sleep. Because I've been clubbing all night and I need my rest. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Hey, your mindset changes. You begin to appreciate. I, me, I enjoy hearing those birds worship God. You, you begin to appreciate all these different things that you were ignoring because you were running 100 miles per hour. You begin to appreciate what God has given you to enjoy in this earth. You ain't got to put some music on every morning when you wake up. God's got some people singing to you. Got his own creation singing to you. Do they understand that? So we can enjoy that now. We can, Jesus Christ said, I come that you may have life and have it how? More abundantly. I'll give you a better life than what the devil will give you. Because the devil don't have life to give you. When you invite the devil into your life, he's a vampire and he just begins to suck it all out of you. Oh, he give you some temporary fun for an eternal price. So that's not the Lord's will for us to be burdened 
for us to labor or us to be heavy laden. He's come so that we can have rest. Does everybody understand that? So my question is, are you tired of doing it your way? Now, and here's the thing. And my prayer is that we'll really understand what the Lord is saying. The Lord in his grace and mercy, he'll come back around for us. Um, but it's very important that when he comes back around that we jump on board. Does everybody understand that? When he comes for us, it's very important that we, we jump on board and that we don't jump back off because it's not a guarantee that we'll, he'll come back around. Jesus Christ said, any man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is not worthy of me. Now, I don't know about you all, but I've done that. I've put my hands to the plow and looked back at different times in my life. And at some point, I learned my lesson. I'm not going to look back. I'm going to keep pushing this plow. I ain't looking back. It ain't nothing there. Does everybody understand that? Think about what happened to Lot's wife when she looked back. She became a memory to somebody. God don't intend for us to look back. Now, does everybody understand what that means when it says to look back? You looking back on your old life and thinking, man, it was better. My way was better. All that comes with this new life is persecution and crucifying flesh. And Well, the devil's killing your flesh anyway when you're living for him. And now the Lord is crying out to us. Bring me all of the, the junk that you've created in your life. The, bring me the mess that you've made out of your life and, and watch what I can do with it. But the first thing you have to know is you've made a mess. <laughs> that's the only way you can come. That, that's one reason why people can't serve God with their whole hearts now because they don't realize how much of a mess they were in. And the Lord says, you, you bring all your mess to me. I'll take it and I'll, I'll make it a testimony. Does everybody understand that? So we ready to trade those things with the Lord, our labor and our heavy laden and our burdens. Are we ready to trade those things today?
are all of our minds made up? I have prayed for people over the years. Uh, and saw the Lord do something for them, only to see them turn around and go right back into the junk that the Lord had pulled them out of. And uh, I don't like seeing that. Uh, I prefer not to pray for people if their minds aren't made up to go all the way with the Lord. Because I know when, whenever, if the Lord ever do come back for them, it's going to be a harder road. It's, it's, now we got more stuff we have to deal with than this next go round, and that is not God's will. So my prayer is that we will be ready and, and willing to go all the way with the Lord, regardless of what comes our way, regardless of what kind of opposition we face. It is very important that we go all the way with God and completely sell out to him. Come on up, Sister Tanks. You ready to go all the way with the Lord? You're the reason why we're here tonight. Take your glasses off. Come on, stand behind her. You're the reason why we're here. Lord, I've heard your cry. I know that you're burdened. If you'll receive it tonight, you won't have to have that burden anymore. All right, let's stand up. Let's all be reverent as the Lord remove this burden from her. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes while the Lord deliver her. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. Lord, we come lifting up our dear sister to you, Lord. We know that she's lived a life that has been burdened, Lord, where she's been heavy laden. And right now, God, I ask that you would lift that weight up over her shoulders, Lord. God, right now, I ask that you would forgive her for her sins, cleanse her, Lord, of the iniquities that may be in her life. Lord, I pray that everything that the enemy have brought to her, Lord, to try to block her mind from receiving, God, I ask that you would remove it right now. Lord, I ask that you will receive her into your kingdom right now, Lord, that you will remove all doubt, Lord, I ask that you will remove anger. I ask that you will remove unforgive, 
unforgiveness. Lord, remove bitterness. Lord, I ask that you will heal her heart right now. All of the hurt that she's experienced in her life, all of the disappointments, Lord, all of the letdowns. Right now, Lord, I ask that you will remove those things, Lord. Help her to see your grace and your mercy in her life. Lord, I pray that you will be a God to her and show her, Lord, that you are her father. And God, I ask that you will comfort her in those times that the enemy will try to bring doubt of whether or not she's loved. God, I ask that you will overcome her with your love, Lord. Bathe her in your love so that she'll know of your presence day in and day out, Lord. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing for her, Lord, and we pray that you continue to lift this burden off of her, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy in her life. God, I ask that you will help her to be the wife you've called her to be. Help her to be the mother you've called her to be. The sister that you've called her to be, Lord. Let her life be a testimony to others who are around her. And we thank you for her life, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. <laughs> Thank God for that. We ask that you will continue to lift her up in prayer. Because this, this life is a journey. And this just shows you the love of God for his people. And I won't go into too much detail, but yesterday, my wife and I, we both had a dream pertaining to, pertaining to tonight. And... Uh, I, the Lord showed me in a dream about the burden and the heaviness that she carries and, and the reason why she carried that stuff. And then uh, I woke up from that and I was telling my wife about it. And then he, he uh, sometime in the, in the noon, around noon, I began to feel this heaviness. And I, I told my wife, I said, I only remember what other time that I've, I felt this and somebody needs to be prayed for. And I, I said, uh, I wonder who it is. And so I said, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray about it. And then the Lord kept bringing her to my mind. This is her. This is, the, this is how she feels. This is her burden. This is the, the burden that she carries day in and day out. And I was thinking, Lord, I don't know how she does that. How in the world is a, is a discouraging burden? And it's ultimately designed to, to lead somebody to commit suicide. That's what it all boiled down to. Because I was thinking, there's no way in the world you can just continue to carry something like this and live in the joy of the Lord. That's impossible. But the Lord, see, in his grace and mercy, I asked the Lord, I laid down, I asked the Lord, Lord, if, that's, if, it's, if, 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 if you want her to be delivered of that, if, if this is her that I'm, that I'm thinking about, you know, concerning with this burden, then let it be gone from me when I wake up. And when I woke up, it was gone. And so that was my sign that the Lord was going to deliver her from that burden. And I'm telling you, the Lord don't want anybody to be burdened. That's a, that's, it was a demonic burden. It was heavier than just life in general happening. We all go through things. We all, sometimes we feel a little weight, but this was a different this was some extra 
stuff, for, and for no reason. Does everybody understand that? So just some heavy weight. The weight doesn't, does not match up to the life. So you know it's something from the pits of hell to make people think that life is harder than what it really is. You see that? And so that's, that's not God's will. My prayer is, is that if you felt that way, that you received the, 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 you received God's yoke upon your life, you see that, and that you, that you traded it. Now we see the love of God in it. And we, we, we see the love of God and how he loves his people. You see, he loves his people. Now, this is, this is what we have to be as a ministry. This is the reason why the Lord have called us as a ministry. We bear one another's burdens. Does everybody understand that? And he meant that exactly the way he said it. You know, when, when you have a love for people, the Lord will let you see how they feel. And, he'll, and it will provoke you to want to continue to pray. Does everybody understand that? I was thinking about, and I, I'm going to share this before we, before we close. I was thinking about last week, we was, some of us were sitting around at my daughter's house, and uh, uh, Sister Garcia was sitting there, and she was going through some things in her body. And, and uh, Brother Linda asked, did anybody, did y'all pray for her? Did anybody know her with all yet? Uh, you know, I said, no, no, I don't think we anointed her with all. I was telling you, you go to the doctor, you take care of that, you know, you need to go see about yourself. And, you know, every now and then it's like the Lord's got to remind you uh, of what he put you here for. That, that you pray for people. Does everybody understand that? That, you, that the Lord have called you to, to lay hands on people and to help people out of whatever it is they may be going through. You put yourself in other people's shoes. You see, when you genuinely love people, you'll have that burden and you wouldn't want them to, to go through the things that they're going through. You see that? And so my prayer is that we will become that kind of ministry, that we will, that we will grow and that we will excel in that. It ought not to be one feeble person among us. Does everybody understand that? It ought not to be one person here that the devil is beating up on. We, we got to love people. Everybody understand that? And we ought to have a mindset of, I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I want to drag as many people. Do like do people like you do them grocery bags. You got five in this hand and ten in this other. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and my prayer is that we will become that. You see that? And I thank God for that. It was like Brother Linda reminded me that this is what you call to do. This is what you need to do. You see that? And so from there, it's like the Lord started dealing with me about what we did tonight. You see that? And that was the whole reason why. I often tell people, if you were the only person in this world that was going to live for God, he still would have came and died for you. That's how much he cared about you. If you were the only person, if you were the only one that was going to make it to heaven, you would have been enough for him to come and die for. You see that? And my prayers are that we will receive God's love. All righty. If that's all now, we'll go ahead and dismiss you, and we'll be, go ahead and be dismissed and go back to the back and, and speak about this briefly. All right, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's that red button? Joshua. Press the e stop there.